Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Good evening, everybody. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Today is Casual Fridays with me and Nancy Matz. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour, maybe more, because Nancy, we never know. <laughs> this can go on. Uh, but uh, I'm glad to be here, and I hope you're glad to be here, and uh, hope we have a nice and entertaining show for you. We have a serious topic tonight, and it's going to be talking about healing grief, you know, in, in that death process. But hopefully we won't get too heavy, you know. We, we don't want people depressed and and. and and, you know, drinking alcohol while we're doing this. I don't want to end up drinking alcohol after we do this. But anyway, <laughs> again, my name is Charlotte. I'm the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. I'm, uh, we're, I'm, we're, we are 45 strong up and down the state, which means, let me move this up a little bit. You know what? Because if it's sitting on the dot, it gives me a headache. Which means that if you have a paranormal need and you need somebody out there, we have people within range right and if we're not within range we're maybe one or two counties over so we can get to you so you can contact me at californiahaunts.org or find me on facebook okay anyway we have a great show ahead of you again like like i was saying and um it's gonna be fun you know it's, it's always it's always an adventure with nancy because we never know what's going to happen things change people in the chat room kind of send us on uh, in other directions and you know we do all that stuff like i said it's casual friday so it's kind of like a free-for-all but uh, it's a very serious topic tonight. You know, I've um, since, let me see, since probably October last year, I've seen a lot of death. My mother passed away two years ago in May. And uh, I kind of hit a lull. And then I went through a period from October all the way into February where it seemed like almost every month somebody was passing away. December, I lost my... I lost a dog. Well, in July, I lost a dog. December, I lost a dog. And then I lost a couple other animals. The same time, I lost a dog. Then I lost my best friend. Then I lost my brother. Then I lost my uncle. And this all happened in one big wave, right? It didn't stop. And then just recently, there was another loss. And it just did. A friend of mine lost her brother. You know, so it's been one big wave for me and uh it can stop now <laughs> you know but that's not in addition to the friends i've lost you know just other friends because i did lose a friend of cancer probably october probably around october maybe september october i lost a friend of cancer i lost two friends of cancer within that stretch between september and, and christmas so it's, it's been an interesting ride so i'm kind of glad nancy's coming on tonight to talk about this stuff because really who know better than what happens at death than a psychic right than a me, excuse me, a medium. Who would know better? So let's get Nancy on and talk to her about this stuff, okay? And if you're watching from Facebook, please follow. And if you're watching from Twitch, please follow. And if you're watching from YouTube, subscribe. Please subscribe. Look, you know, the more subscribers, the merrier. We're only about, how many subscribers is see? We're only about six subscribers away, six or seven subscribers away from 400 over on YouTube. So I'm really excited about that. 400 is a lot, you know? Alright, so if you're there and you're, and you're watching from YouTube, please please hit that subscribe button. There's 250 videos over there. 
of varying topics. And a good example of that was last night. No paranormal topic at all, but it was about a drug program that the government was running back in the, back in the late 60s, early 70s. Okay? All right. Anyway, so without further ado, let me bring Nancy on. Hello. Going through hypnosis and talking about past lives, 
And then they say to me, well, how did my loved one die? I mean, what does it look like for them? What would they experience? We can watch someone die mm-hmm. and there's a drama and there's resistance. But if they're medicated, rarely do we choose to go those few seconds and then pass away. Frankly, I would. I would like to go that few seconds. I don't want to suffer because your body is still part of your consciousness. You're still attached emotionally to your flesh. But 99% of the time, it's either so quick from an accident, it's so quick from, um, well, accidents, of course, that's really quick. And I've already talked to Shars, your audience here, about the different ways that I have seen death happen. There's illness in a hospital, long people age or a young child or teenager, young adult. There's something, you picked a, a life if you're going to go to reincarnation, of which maybe the life experience isn't going to be very long. I don't want people calling me who lost a child. I'm only generalization here. <laughs> no, don't hate me, please. And we don't understand that. I don't want anybody in my family to die either. Um, I had all my family go to Italy for two weeks, everybody. And, and of course, I'm going to worry, you know, I've heard of families being wiped out all at once. And that's a, like, I can't even handle that. But if I happened to me, I would have to go and step back and say, okay, I want to, I want to celebrate the years I had with I want to remember them the last time I saw them. I want to remember the pictures they shed to me. I want to do that versus the death scene, the death action. I'm going to go back to um, 9-11. So a friend of mine, a client from New York, called me up, and he was he left a message. It was 8 o'clock in the morning. And I got up, and shortly thereafter, I heard the message, and uh, terrifying, turn on the TV, we're being attacked, blah, 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 blah. And I was memorized by this death scene, knowing that people were in there. It was so big, I couldn't understand it, um, let alone the 3,000 people didn't go to work that day. It was amazing, big number, because I'm off the number, because I don't remember exact numbers. And if you type it in the room, you look at Google it, up, fine, go ahead. But there was a huge number of people who just didn't go to work that day or were delayed, and they just waited and were going to wait out for lunch. And, um, and I was watching it, and something I'm... Something happened to me, and I talked to everybody I knew at the time, and, and I went, so I was watching this, and just as the building was about to fall, I was watching it, and I was taken over, and I was feeling like I was being pushed, my shoulders pushed into it. And I, re- I didn't resist it, but I felt like, like my breath was, everything was being taken out of me, and I was moving toward the TV. And as it was falling, then I felt the pressure of something pushing on me, pushing me back. And I'm sure I'm not the only person in America that felt that compression of going in and then the pushing out. Years later, I started realizing that of the 3,000-something that unfortunately did perish, he imagined the spirit peoples lining up, rushing in, taking them, and pulling them out. Absolutely. Or the ones that were on the first floor, second, third floor, down, that didn't get out, or those right under the glass, whatever. Those spirit people came in early. But the ones on top, when the start fell down, those spirit people rushed in. Oh, by the way, you don't have to be here with this. Let me just grab you. pull you out of your body. We're leaving. And that just happened. I have seen that happen a lot. Uh, I've, and I've described a murder. Um, I'm, I've got 15 years of MP3s. 
how many thousands of readings do I have? And I will pick the best. I'm going to start listening to them from um, events at fairs where I had a little tiny recorder, a little tiny recorder. And I put it on my computer and said, I've kept everything. I had cassettes for years. For the first 15 years, I used cassette. And at the best, I made copies before I sent them out. So the, what I reference to today is the ones I talk about that are fresh my memory. But I one day, as time, my life, I sold my house, a movie, my husband had a surgery, his life was going to slow down. I'm going to start writing my books. I'm going to get these up on air so you can hear these stories, these amazing stories of people's lives. I have a question. So, so anyway, so what I realized after all these years, years after that, that there are choices that we make. And we choose a body, we have to have a life. So one of them was a murder. And this older woman was drugged. And they didn't tell me their circumstances, but I had the movie prepared in my mind. The movie was playing out of her being dragged to the shed. It was beating her. And this woman came up and says, you don't have to be here for that. And she reached out in the middle of her chest and she just went, pulled her right out. So I get described the woman. And, and the family sitting there went, oh my God, you described her deceased sister. So her deceased sister came and took her out of her body. To me, that's just amazing. How, how lucky. Oops, we got a lot of sun coming in here a minute. I'll, I'll move it over here. Um, sun is setting and it's coming right in the window, so it looks like I'm being blasted. So the question I have, the question I have, when you talk about 911, when you talk about 911, the question I have is some of those people jumped out the windows from those, from the, from the real high things. Now, do you think that as they were falling or after, right after they jumped that a relative may have pulled them out of their body so they didn't have to feel that pain when they hit or, or had to watch? I want to remind you, uh, we talked about this once before. I was in a really bad accident when I was 18. And it was my first car, Rambler. And I was on Hillsdale Boulevard off of Madison Avenue. So those people who live in the Sacramento area, they, oh, I know where that is. So it was a rainy day. And uh, coming this way was a larger car. Rambler's short and squatty. Mm -hmm. And he was racing, uh, driving a little too fast. I don't know if he's racing, but he was clearly on the wet pavement. And the front left of his car hit the cement divider. And it flipped in the air. I'm doing this flip in the air. And it went up in the air, and it started to come down on us. And it was absolutely amazing that time almost stopped for me. Like our brains slow down everything. So the intent to jump, that was that person's choice. Right. It had to go through it. The person would not have had a spirit taken before that. I think that time slowed down to such a degree that before they're on the ground, they look over and they go, Grandma, oh my gosh, time has virtually stopped for that person. And they go, you're out of here, honey. I'm being blinded. I'm going to reach over here and, and close this curtain. Just a minute, everybody. It's fascinating to see the perspective of a, of a medium or psychic on this thing because this is something we don't experience. I mean, if you've ever oh, watched someone... Is that better or what? <laughs> it's like blasting in my eyeballs. So, <laughs> so people who have near-death experiences, they have these immense, amazing trips. Now, 
I'll break it down. Someone who's in an operating room from an accident or a surgery goes wrong. And they die and they, they're floating above their body and they witness everything going on. And they're so distracted by the commotion. They're just um, disconnected from the flesh. Well, who's that? You know, at an accident scene. And everything is slowed down. So they have time to look around the room and they, they evaluate life. They go down the hallway. In reality, it's only maybe only been a few minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they died for minutes to hours. But the travels, and how many stories have you heard of someone leaving the room, going down the hallway, and the family's grieving because this terrible thing is going on, or the surgery, or when my husband had surgery, and I was sitting there waiting, and I was thinking, not that he was, nothing was going to go wrong, but I was, it was seemed like forever, and it was only a couple hours, and it seemed like I've been sitting there all day, even for the ones who's waiting, time is so slow. So that's what happens with something like that. Spirit can move very quickly. One, one, two favorite my, my movies of all time was What Dreams May Come. When Robin Williams is killed in a car accident, it's instantaneous he's out of his body. And the first person who greets him is a flash of a person. And um, oh, I forgot his gentleman's name, Cubic Jr. something. And wherever they think of wanting to do, they they flash somewhere else, flash, 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 instantaneously. Yet everybody else, time went very slow because when they, oh, what's happening now? What's well, your funeral? Clearly a week or two or three has gone by. So time is so relative to where you are in the instant. I, the other movie I want to make reference to because I found over time, I'll watch everything that has a metaphysical spirit, ghost story, you know, I try to, try to have it. Um, one of them recently was If I Stay. And it's about a, a young girl. Look that up, everybody. If I Stay. It's very recent. It's about a young girl. And they've been in a car accident and she does pass away. But in the movie, you don't know that. At first, at least. And she has all this activity. And everybody sees her and reacts with her. Yet she's only a spirit. She's manifest herself because as soon as you leave the body, you're still quite thick. And Shar um, and I have talked about people visiting her and they manifest in her house amazing things <laughs> and actions and uh, her girl her friend that passed away monica <laughs> she was moving things and laughing i was hearing her laugh playing a joke on her mm-hmm. and i thought is that nice well sure said well that's who she was she was going to do any kind of joke she could <laughs> and and this does happen but i'm getting off track let me get back to that mm. Uh, I want to go back to the movie Ghost, uh, What Dreams May Come, and I only want to point out how fast you can leave the body. Mm-hmm. Because he was not aware. He saw that he was in a tunnel. He saw the car coming to him. Next instant, there was no death, no suffering, nothing. He didn't linger. He was just gone. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, hold on to that. And then go back to the movie Ghost. Oh, I have all these notes on bypassing because Sharp brought up something else. I have a lot that I can, I'm going to have to put it in a book. But I want to go to the movie Ghost because it does, um, look at how much I'm scrolling through. Um, oh, so in the movie Ghost, Patrick Chasey is shot. He doesn't feel it. He doesn't experience total death yet. He's out of his body. He's looking around for the fellow that shot him. It's so instantaneous for him. And he's wondering what's going on because he, he sees or has a perception of light coming down. 
and the orbs of spirit people are there wanting to him come. And he wouldn't because he was distressed. He couldn't figure out what was going on. So he turned around and he sees his body on the ground and Demi Moore is holding him, cradling him and trying to stop the bleeding. And clearly his eyes are open, but there's a, a disconnect. Whether he's totally dead or not, he is out of his body. It was very distressing for him because it was done in a way that was, oh, very violent. And I think when people so suddenly die like that, they get distressed and they don't always want to go on. They, they don't want to see anybody. They block it. Because 99% of the time, I have never seen anybody that hadn't had somebody. Even the fellow that was hit by car and thrown out of his body, when he realized after he was in the air, 50 feet in the air, looking down at the car accident, he went, huh, he didn't, he died so fast. Mm -hmm. And yet you'll see YouTube blips of people stepping out of the dead body and staying there watching them, trying to resuscitate them. And then they'll float up. It's just amazing. But for this family, this man had been hit by a car truck head on and he was throwing his body. And once he realized, oops, <laughs> I can't go back there. He turned around, there was a man, darker skin, dark hair, waiting this, well, are you okay? Well, you've had that experience. How about coming with me now? And so he turned on, he did leave. He didn't go to the wreck. He didn't do anything, but he did this. Um, so when the movie goes, Patrick Swayze is shot and dying. He does not realize he's out body until he sees his love interest anymore, holding him, trying to stop the bleeding. He's taken to the hospital, his body's taken to the Mercy Room Hospital, and take, <clears throat> where he meets a recent deceased, deceased older man who tries to explain to Patrick that he's dead. And, of course, Patrick is just not going to have any of that. Uh, in one of the, in, uh, let's see, oh, I'm going too far here. Um, it's a man that tries to explain to Patrick he's dead. In one of the cubicles, like in the ER room, a man around Patrick's age is dying. At the moment of death, this man leaves his body from the neck and face and neck. And it kind of goes out as when you see the movie of being shot of the orbs fluttering all around. So this man has that fluttering. He leaves his face and his neck and his upper chest and leaves the body. I see that more often that way. Now, the man got hit by car. He was thrown out altogether. Um, and the puts you, we've talked about, they lift out of the body, yet you hear NDE peoples or people who've come back from the brink where they say, oh, I left the top of my head. Um, I witnessed a psyche doing a reading and she came out of her body from her back over her head and into the body of the unmanned to read them. I feel like I go straight on like this. So when I'm doing a reading to somebody, I feel like I can feel my life force being pushed out of my face, out of my upper body. So I maneuver that way. And I shared with the group, you'll have to go back and see some of these references I'm making. So one lady was kind of ill and I put my hand, I know you can't see, I put my hand out and the life force stayed with me touching her from my palm of my hand. And she was suffering from indigestion really bad. And I'm an artist and I have studied anatomy and I always tell my, my, my students study anatomy. You have to know the body. You have to know what you're touching. You have to feel it. Remember, we're just vehicles. We're just uh, inhabiting this hunk of flesh. And it's no gooey kind of thing. You just know this is the mechanism to keep us alive so we can enjoy this life. So anyway, a lot of times people will talk about how they leave the body. And one gentleman, I was talking to the family, we talked about the death scene, and he want, they want to know who was lifting his arm and pointing. Yet above his body, his spirit was completely out of his body. But the mechanism of attachment was still strong. So the spirit man 
was pointing to his wife and daughter, I think, and pointing up to the ceiling. I know you can't see him doing pointing up at the ceiling, but his body was also the flesh part because he had not disconnected completely. He was just floating above it, waiting for the moment when he could leave. And these people will stand around and think, well, what's wrong with you, guy? Come on, let's go, let's go. And we sometimes will hold on to our bodies so tightly that we should have passed, but we don't want to hear those people calling our name. We don't want those people to encourage us. So just recently I had someone say, okay, so the death scene was and is or supposed to be. And I said, well, the wife's husband is actually trying to get her attention. And here's a word I don't use very often. What is happening to my light, everybody? And what happened was is he was trying to give her a piece of licorice. Licorice? I haven't said the word licorice in 10, 15, 20 years. Well, I, who eats a licorice shop? Well, I used to eat what they call the cherry ones, the twisters or something. And I come to find out that this woman's child, was, that we were talking, she said, um, that was mom's favorite uh, candy. I think it was one I was talking to. And I thought, well, I was either going to be really right or really wrong. I can't help it. I'm going to see what I'm seeing. I'm going to hear what I'm going to hear. So sometimes it takes that, like the spirit inside the body that won't move. Oh, wait a minute. Someone's trying to give me some licorice. Oh, is my husband saying there? Oh, excuse me. I'll come right here. I'm going to come right now. Sometimes it's that minor of a of a suggestion. And we do leave our body without pain and suffering. So what you talk about on TV, someone getting hurt, they're going to dramatize it. It's so much easier. Am I afraid to die? I tell you, I've seen so many spirit people. I never forget my mom the last time I talked to her. She says, on to my next big adventure. And I go, oh, I love that. I love that. And because I know we survive, I think my greatest uh, I might be speaking to is um, the flesh is tantalizing. It's exciting. We could hug and kiss. Mm -hmm. We could talk to those people important to us. That's what we miss. And people say to me, um, is this my last time? Can I not have to come back? And I go, hmm, wait till you miss hot coffee first thing in the morning. Listen, this is getting bizarre. I'm starting to look like a ghoul. <laughs> Stay with me, everybody. I'll pack up until it doesn't look so strange. This is so what happens is, is that we get attached to our flesh. And I, I'm going to admit right now I love coffee. And I do put baking soda in the coffee pot, a quarter of a teaspoon. Dips up acid out so if you have acidosis you drink coffee put a little baking soda in it so that does help but i enjoy the smell of coffee regular coffee i don't do all the flavors but you get some good creamer in there it's hot it's really like that's the end all of everything right it's just <laughs> coffee in the morning and, and whenever in fact i forgot mine now so let's keep me talking <laughs> i didn't talk until i can't talk anymore okay at the moment this is man sees his body from the face and the shoulders at the end of the movie the bad guy his name is carl bruner the actor gets caught in glass of the window as it falls and he's killed instantaneously he's out of his body i see that all the time instantaneously so death is not felt that way yes you're going to see on tv but in real life they may have seconds but that seconds doesn't have to be their eternity um, he is on his body and not realizing he is dead, starts to talk to Patrick Swayze and says, oh, I can see you. Patrick says, I am so sorry. 
And the bad guy, Tony, looks around and seeing his dead body, I'm going to just scroll down so I don't forget something, becomes distressed. Now, I want to add something. In that movie, Patrick Swayze, I'm sure they talk to people like me. Because I'm seeing this in real life. I'm seeing this, excuse me, really. <laughs> no, I. this is not magic. This is what I do. So you know that I can do past life regression. I can step into you. I can see what you see because I'm doing this over and over and over. I can see someone's deathbed 10 years earlier. I can do, this is what I do. There's no magic to it. So anyway, I want to keep going. The bad guy Tony looks around seeing his the body is distressed. I have never, ever seen Patrick Swayze. He steps back and this ghoulish goes on. <laughs> and these gruel, gruel, well, shadow figures. Not with the top hat, but these scary looking shadows come out of the ground, even though they're on the second floor, come out of the ground and they take him and they go into the, the darkest shadow and they're sucked in and this man has gone presumably to hell, which I have also never seen. And so, like, if you want to reference back to what dreams may come, mm -hmm. uh, Robin Williams is in search of his wife because she has now committed suicide from the overload of grief of the death of the children now the death of the husband. She can't live anymore. And so I've never seen hell represented as in what dreams may come. But at the end of the movie, she has created um, her own hell, which is um, Don, um, Dante's Inferno. It's seven levels of hell. And at the bottom of them all is her in a frozen moment and that to me is what hell is because we're so overcome with emotions fears wants and desires that we can no longer uh move so she created that that's the interpretation of hell i've never seen buyers that no, not at all so we don't want to think about that but a lot of people won't pass over because they are afraid of something like that are you hearing me different, Shar? No, no, no. I was answering a uh, question in the chat. Oh, room. okay, okay. Because we have, we, and you and I will have to play with this and make sure that you can hear me next time. And I'll get this lighting fixed. I swear. We do have a question <laughs> in the chat room, and um, I, hopefully I'm right. Um, Janelle asks, um, "I only have dreams of my mother who passed." Uh, let's see. I only have dreams of my mother who passed in them when I'm going through hard times. Is that my mind telling me that I need her and I? And, and I dream of her, or does she know I need her and appear? I'm having a little trouble hearing you, dear. Say it again. Okay, she has dreams of her mother yep. when she's going through a lot of stress, and she wants to know if that's her way of telling her mother that she needs her, or it's her mother coming to help her, to comfort her. Give me the lady's name who typed the message. Janelle. Janelle is grieving, and the mother's trying to tell her she's not to grieve anymore. And okay. go on. Okay. It feels like she wants to finish the grieving process or time to go on. Like okay. the mother was quick with her words, like, okay, get over it. It's time to get over it. Okay. So, um, so I talked about 9 11 watching that uh, morning and, um, and well, how that was. Real quick, real quick, real quick. Is this also a way because if Janelle's going through stress, is this a way for the mother to comfort her too? That's what I thought it was. She's being comforted, but she's trying to tell her okay. it's time. To get over it. I was half right. Yeah, yeah. You got to grief so long before the spirit person. I'll, I'll go to that. There was a few more things. Okay, okay, okay. Go ahead. But that's a good place to go. Um, Thanks, one of the Cheryl. earlier shows I was talking about when I worked in uh, Sierra Vista, 
I worked in Tucson, Arizona for a whole year. It was very, very fun. And I, I don't regret it at all. It was really fun. And I had this little place, and it was next to the military bases. Mm-hmm. And this young woman came in, and she was in fatigues. And next to her came in a young man. I've already told this. So I go back, and I've, I've put a lot more time to it. And he come in, and he had his uniform on, but there was big gashes all over him. And it was blood red. And it was clear that he had been blown up. And I, I, was, I was like, oh. Uh, so the man said to me, have her remember what it was like at breakfast. So in discussion, it had been a convoy. They had had breakfast. They went into their Jeeps, and he was blown up with this Jeep. Wow. And they were really good friends, and she was the Jeep before or after. And, of course, these kids, I, any of you I talked to, please call me. It would be wonderful to hear from you again. And, unfortunately, she can't get out of her mind what he looked like Mm-hmm. as she was picking up all his body parts. And I can't even imagine how awful that must have been. Can you imagine? Um, I guess I'm going to have to turn the light on. Hold on, kids. This is becoming a comedy of errors, everybody. So anyhow, oh, that didn't help. At least I'm not looking like a spook myself. <laughs> So I've been told by spirit people over and over, please don't mourn for me as you saw me last. Oh, this was the show where um, a spirit woman came in and gave me a message that someone in the chat room was thinking of her young person and her body had been damaged. That's what they call it. The body had been damaged. Please do not think of me damaged. And I felt that that was such an important statement that we grieve for people, not because we can't talk to them anymore. But we think of them as their death. And we think of them as damage. We don't think of them as beautiful. And a lot of times you'll talk to the spirit people. Uh, Meetings will talk to spirit people and they'll describe them in the best years of their life. That's how they want to be remembered. And a lot of people show up in different clothing. They'll shift, they'll shift from what they look like and they'll get young before my eyes so that I know that's what they want. They want you to remember them when they were beautiful at 29. <laughs> It's like, oh, he's so handsome. He looks like he's only 30 years old and he's dressed in this and this. Oh, that was when he was so handsome. And the older woman will look at me and go, oh, that was a good year. I go, yes, go for it. Think of him that way. That way he's not, no, he's no, you're not grieving. But you're thinking of him in the absolute best way. And that makes you happy, makes him happy. And they'll come around more. If you're in the throes of very deep grieving, spirit person doesn't know what to do. If they mm-hmm. come and embrace you like a dreams mess, what dreams may come, where Robin Williams goes to the cemetery where he's buried, where his wife is grieving over his plot, she feels his presence and grieves twice as much mm-hmm. because now she feels his essence. And in some ways that is very damaging to them also. So you got to think of them in the best way, the best light, beautiful most beautiful way possible that gives the spirit person permission to be around you to keep you company and someone says i can't feel my spirit person i i don't think they like me they didn't come around well you can't feel them because you look like a firecracker to me your spirit's going poof like this who who can come close to you your your firecracker essence is just shooting off your body that's why you're so exhausted if i said to you if you could relax and just calm which is hard. I didn't say this is easy stuff. 
very hard. I have lost people in my life too. And I found myself grieving the loss of the future with them. Mm-hmm. In essence, I should have said, I'm, I'm not grieving. I'm grieving them, but I, but I have the memories. They were in my life because they had to leave. I couldn't stop it. That time for them was only this much. And I have to go on. But I'm going to remember that person. I just remember someone from high school. We knew each other freshman of high school. And it's not like someone you talk to all the time, but our birthdays were only 15 days apart, or 30 days apart. And uh, she's somebody, and I, she had died a year earlier. And I hadn't got around to talking to her, and I grieved that I was so neglectful. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't know the whole year she was suffering. Maybe I shouldn't have known. Maybe I wasn't supposed to know. Because I think of her before that. And she was an adventurous woman. She owned a plane. They traveled all around. I'd rather think of her that way than possibly connecting to her. Because if I do for living, she might want to talk to me. It wasn't meant to be. Her spirit might have blocked me from thinking of her to come around, to talk to her. So I have to look in reverse and say it was meant to be that way. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Well, everybody so, goes through that stage, you know, like I did with my mom. With the shoulda, woulda, coulda. Well, even with my dogs, you know, because, because when animals go, it's, it's just it's just as bad as losing a human. And you go through that shoulda, woulda, coulda. Should you know? Should should I have got the dog to the vet sooner? Would I have known this was going to happen? Blah yeah. blah blah blah. Just like with my mother, you know, could is there other things I could have done for her to make it easier to to make to make, to make her better, make her life easier? You know, so we all go through that, and yeah. that's that's part of the grieving process. You know, you go through this. The first thing I felt was shock. I'm not shocked so much, but okay, it's happened. She's she's passed. The second thing, you know, they take the body. The second thing you go through is that shoulda, woulda, coulda thing. And yeah, then and yeah. then and then the grief starts and to hit, and then you we start. We all play that out yeah. all the time. Yeah. And look how much love you gave to your mother. You're always posting these wonderful photographs of your mother just <laughs> laughing. You've told me stories where you're laughing, and I go, "Oh, I love your mother." She's flirting with a spirit man outside the car window. Oh, my, oh God, my yeah. God. Oh, my God, Who yeah. does that? Right? I mean, to give yourself a good laugh. I mean, that woman was a treasure. Absolutely. Yeah. And my mother was adventurous, too. She really wanted to live. When she was alive, she took adventures. And she would say, I'm going on an adventure. I'm going to take Amtrak to Reno to meet a man. I go, Oh, mom, people didn't do that at your age. I'm <laughs> her age. They're like 70 years old. She had a fling. And she says it was the best of her life. And I go, Mom, like, your mom doesn't do that. Moms are not doing that, right? She really lived. The years that she, she lived, she really did. And most people do, but we don't see it in ourselves. Mm-hmm. And the ones who don't, maybe that's their path not to. I don't do a lot of traveling. I love what I do. It makes me cry because it's so amazing. I'll say this every show until someone finally believes it who's listening. Nancy, you're starting a little strange. You love <laughs> death and dying and spirit kind. <laughs> I love the fact that we survive and the stories of here and over there. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I'm going to pull a story way back, and I know this lady may be watching the show. She wants me to come over. Her son has died. Very young. Teenager. And we're talking, and he shows up leaning against a car <clears throat> with a blonde spirit girl on one side 
and the brunette spirit girl on the other side. And he says to me, tell mom I have two girlfriends. And that was her concern. She said he didn't live long enough to have romance in his life. Well, let me tell you, he does and he has. How would I know that would have been important to her, the mother? I only could only get that from the boy. Mm-hmm. And he was a handsome young man. And he's over there with girlfriends. Who says we stop living? Right. I'm looking forward to traveling the universe. I told my kids, don't miss me for a while. Well, that I'm was gone. That was funny in that. I remember you telling me it was funny the day my dad died because my dad had always talked about going to China. He always wanted to be on the on the Yancey Coin River, you know, always, always wanted to go to China. I remember when my dad died and I called you. My mom and I took a trip. We were at the hospital. And then I said, well, mom, we can't do anything else. Let's go get something to eat. And we'll go home and, you know, figure out what we're going to do next. So we stopped at McDonald's in the car. And I remember I called you and I said, well, he passed. And you go, oh, I know that. Of course. And then the second thing you said was, oh, my gosh, he's at the Great Wall of China. And my reaction was, well, that didn't take long. Because <laughs> that's where he wanted to go. And I know uh, initially I could feel... And he had told you that? He had told me, yeah, I mean, years ago that that was his dream was to go to the Yancey Quang River. And I yeah. remember when you said that he was in China, you know, at the Great Wall, I just went, oh, yeah. Because I, I know he was at the hospital watching things, like at the end, at the very end, when I started to... After he passed, and I was telling my mom, and I said, look, we got to make some phone calls, let the family know, you know, and then get the nurse in here and unplug him and don't listen. And I know like, I could feel him standing there, and then, then he wasn't there. So I thought, well, maybe he's cruising around the hospital. He's just discovered he's dead. He's, and I know my dad. My dad's like I am. So he's probably he's probably at the woohoo factor, you know, going, woohoo, I can go anywhere I want, which is essentially did, what he did. I'm hearing the word popcorn. Did he like popcorn? He did. So do I. That's where I get it from. Why would he tell me that now? It make, was that he must be in the room with you? He's he was yelling popcorn. Yeah, right? I do popcorn every night. Oh, it's my favorite snack. He? Yeah, he loved popcorn. So he knows we're talking about him. He showed up real fast. Yeah, yeah. Because um, we used to even when he was really towards the end, we take him to the movies. In fact, the last movie he saw was Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, the last Pirates of the Caribbean movie before he passed. And we took him. Just, um, I love these little things that people say, like the night that I heard someone say that licorice word, and I, oh, that's really, really different. Yeah, but pop, yelling popcorn at me let me tell you that he, so you would know it was him in the room. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I love that. I love it. Now, um, for somebody that's recently lost somebody, it's hard. Yeah. I know it's hard to wrap the wrap your head, especially if you if you were distant with people. Because I mean, there's families that aren't close, yeah. close, close. There's families that you know, one sibling is doing their own thing, the other sibling's doing their own thing, so they really don't know each other as well as they should. Mm-hmm. And then you end up, you know, having to be responsible for for that sibling, and you're trying to wrap your head around it. And, and there, yeah. and, and you know, there, there's always guilt feelings. I don't care who you are, even the closest of siblings have guilt feelings. So how do you get around that? How do you get around that grief? You know, we have guilt about everything. What it could have, should have. Mm-hmm. By the time you do it in life, you're only doing the best you can. Mm-hmm. You can't go back to second guess your life. If we could, I want to reach. <laughs> if we could, I'd like to push that button. <laughs> anybody? So we have to surrender. We have to forgive. Mm-hmm. I was I was just talking about this this morning about someone who was in turmoil. 
And I was saying to this lady that when we have anger, resentment, fear, whatever, mm-hmm. if we don't release it, forgive them and forgive ourselves, it, it festers like that peach that's gone bad. It just all of a sudden go poof. And you're carrying all this resent, all these problems inside your body. Mm-hmm. They'll make you sick. And the, and the best I could say to that is you can't talk to them, but you can forgive them for being who they are. Mm-hmm. And if they're an idiot, forgive them for being an idiot. If they've died, forgive them for what troubles you had between you. And talk to the universe and say, if I can't have them this lifetime, have them next. Release that pressure and say, from this day forth, I will have a new path. I'm going to make different choices. And choices that make your life better. We don't know until at the end of our life, looking back, if that moment mm-hmm. we made a choice that could affect somebody. You don't know. How in the world can we ever change things? I know there were difficult times with you and your dad. Oh, God. But you're a different woman because of it. Yeah. A better person because of what you went through with your dad. Mm-hmm. So in some ways, I don't like the statement. Only through adversity do we grow as human beings and our soul evolves. I don't want any more adversity in my life either. But without the adversity of my first half of my life, I wouldn't be here. On the heels of cancer, which I thought it would die, I left a very good career, such as it felt, making as, as much money as a supervisor could at the time. I told somebody what I was making, they go, you left that. <laughs> What's the purpose of life? What's the purpose of living if you're not satisfied with who you are? And, I, and people say, I'm afraid. I'm afraid of choice. I'm afraid of changing. Well, how passionate are you of this new change? I went from an NJ supervisor to a professional psychic. Don't tell me that's not a big jump. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 32 years later, I'm still at it. I thought I'd die by now. Well, you know, with all and, the issues I have with my dad, the best gift I gave him as far as, far as forgiving went was I gave him a great send-off. You know, I made sure that he had a good funeral, he, you know, and this had happened, you know, I made the good arrangements for him. And if that's all I could do in the end, that's that's all I could do in the end, you know, was, was to make that send off. I'm sure he was there standing there watching it. I remember my uncle laughing at me. My dad hadn't smoked for 20 years because he had COPD, but he loved to smoke cigars. And my uncle... Oh, I'm sorry. Are you hearing me? I don't know. I can't tell. Hang on. Are you hearing me? No. Okay. Let me go back. Anyway, so he, my uncle laughed at me because what I did, because my, like I said, my dad hadn't smoked in, in 20 years. And so, because uh, I cremated him, you know, you have the, the whole, so what I did was I bought a six pack of cigars for him and threw a lighter down in there along with the cigars. And my uncle laughed so hard because he says, I never would have thought of that. And I said, yeah, I mean, he, he could enjoy himself over there and smoke all he wants now. And that's another thing we need to speak to real quick here. People in grief, mm-hmm. they don't necessarily want to cremate somebody. Right. And I'm, uh, I'm embracing the idea of cremation because I've had enough surgeries. <laughs> A pound of flesh is gone for sure or more. And I'm not missing that. Uh, very, 25, 30 years ago, I had a friend named Nancy. And I forgot if it was her or her sister if, if she's in the audience, let be sure you call and tell me about what happened. Anyway, the young woman had cancer in bone of her left leg. And I took a friend and we went to the hospital to visit her. And she was showing off her 50 steel stitches from one side of her hip to the other. Because they took the whole leg. And I said, 
where's your leg? <laughs> and she said, they froze it. I go, really? And she was just happy that she's going to live. They got all the cancer. And I says, do you miss your leg? And she had to think about it. She says, I have no association with my leg. We're talking toes all the way up to the knee, all the way up to your thigh bone, all the way up to your hip bone. All of it's gone. All of it's gone. And she had no feeling for that missing leg. None. And I says, so you can have it frozen? They said they put it in the freezer, and then when she died, she could be buried with it. And she ended up tossing it after we left. But then a couple of days, she had it. Whatever they do, parts. Mm -hmm. And what that taught me is that she had to have her leg removed to save her life. She couldn't associate with that piece of her body. One-fifth of her body was gone. Think about that. But once you're out of your flesh, how are you going to really feel about that hunk of meat, a pound of flesh? Mm -hmm. So it, to me, it feels liberating to not re think about family standing over the grave knowing my bones were down there. Mm -hmm. It's liberating to know I don't have to be associated with flesh. Liberating. Don't think of the grave. Don't think of the flame. Think of being liberated. Different way of thinking about it. Don't oh. put your family through the burial and family coming and grieving over the flesh in the ground. The you know, after ghost hunting, knowing you, you know, knowing the psychics that I've known over the years, death doesn't, when somebody dies, it's sad because you have that loss. That person's no longer there. But on the other hand, I know that there's something else after. They're still there, but they're not there. They're not there in the form that they were there physically. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to go there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we want to have them here. We'll create them, and then the poor spirit will go, I'm not there. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Don't grieve. They want you happy. They want you not to miss out. How many people have you, how many movies have you seen? And I clearly, they got some good advisors. And it's easy to reference a movie versus a book. Mm -hmm. I've read a bazillion books on all this. Mm -hmm. But how many books have you read that I've read? But a lot of you have seen the same movies. Mm -hmm. So it's easy to make reference to them. And it's easy to not make light of it, mm -hmm. but allow it to be said out loud. You know, spirit people don't want you to grieve. And so the statement I was going to make is how many people have you heard? And then they come back and they talk to me. They didn't want me to stop living. They wanted me to go on. Mm -hmm. I lost my spouse, but my wife said to me before she died, please don't stop living. Find another love. That's what this is all about. The other thing, too, is that animosity. If you, if you have animosity with somebody in their lives and they pass away, when they pass away, that animosity is gone because all they're feeling is the happiness of being with the rest of, the rest of their family members. They don't feel that. They don't right. feel the animosity, and that's one thing it's hard to let go of. I mean, with my father, like Nancy says, he and I had issues, and it took me a good four years to really get past those to where, like, like, like he popped in, right, you know, for, to allow him even to pop in because I was just like, no, dude, stay away. And it took me a while to get, to get over that animosity. But on the other side, once you go, you don't feel that. All you feel, like, like, like Patrick Swayze says in the movie, all you feel is the love. Right. And that's, that, that's, 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 that was a beautiful statement right at the end when he kisses her. Yeah. 
He says, all I feel is the love. We don't lose that love. Yeah. And if you want them to greet you, all you have to do is ask. Yeah. At one time, I knew my mom would greet me. Mm -hmm. But as time goes on, I'm getting older. I'm not that old. I'm 74. But it's like maybe you never know when your time's up. Maybe I'm supposed to hurry and talk and tell this story. I really do feel that my dog will show up. And I used to love running. Uh, I was diagnosed with cancer on November 22nd, right before Thanksgiving, 87. My first marathon was going to be December 7th, the International Sacramento Marathon, from Folsom all the way downtown. It was brand new. It was still a small event. And my mind, I just couldn't go there. I was only 39. You know, I have, it was serious. I wasn't going to get off lately. And I just it lost that. And I, I think I, if I was able to do anything, someone said, we're going to buy you shoes and you're not going to feel pain of running. I did horses. I ran. And I loved the running. I gave up the horse. But when I become a spirit person, that dog, that big old 100-pound lab is going to be with me. And I think of her. I still, all these years later, I have fond thoughts of this big black dog <laughs> and Caesar, the dog, her name was Bonnie, and the dog next door was Caesar. And she'd see me in running shorts and shoes, a combination. I, I had two or three pairs of running shorts. You know, you know, you hardly wear anything when you're running. I'd have these striped shorts and <laughs> she would see me and go, Poof! she would show up with Caesar a couple minutes later. Some of the happiest Mary and Marys of my life before 40 was the years I was running. And of Caesar and Bonnie chasing around me. I do 13 miles, they do 26. <laughs> it was wonderful. So I see my mother and the dog. And then just recently, I was able to sense my father will be in the background. Why won't he be first? Unfortunately, I forgot what he looked like. I only remember one or two hugs. But I was only six. And you have to remember a six-year-old's con conception of what people look like. Mm -hmm. And it's odd that I don't remember faces of the ones I love so much as their body shape. I remember my mother. I remember what my dad was very thin. He picked me up one day and I hugged him. And that was one of the last times I said, please don't go over and see you again. And the next thing I know is my mother's fist was coming down. Don't you do And he was killed by drunk driver. So uh, why do I get to see that? <laughs> How can I do this in the first place, everybody? I see past lives. I'm seeing future lives. I see four now. And I'm not even asking for it. I just get a flash of something in the future. Mm -hmm. I go, oh, why am I getting to see that now? Or maybe secretly, I would like to be a math professor. Or secretly, I'd like to be on a rocket ship. So, you know, I'm an engineering kind of a person. I'm kind of like odd, right? So I never was able to become a teacher. Um, I studied to be one. Just never happened. Had babies instead. So that's life. And that year I was having my kids. That's what. So we have regrets. We have to let it go. This is for this life. Next life. Next life. Be different storyline. And I always say this on every show, the channel, get on YouTube and just type in reincarnation, children reincarnation, and you'll get all kinds of clips of kids talking about past lives. You want to believe it? It's hard not to believe some of these stories. Jeffrey, Dr. Jeffrey Long, Dr. Melvin Morris, um, and of course, Brian Weiss with the hypnotherapy that he does brings people back to past lives and you believe it. I didn't believe it. I was forced to believe it happened to me. Now, 
why are we talking about that? We're talking about death. And mm-hmm. you can get past end of one life and realize these people have a choice to do it over again. They're going to come back to flesh. They're going to come back to life. If they can, they'll come back to you if that's what you want. Get past this death thing and realize we get more choices. It's it's amazing. I have so many stories I couldn't entertain you all night long. Well, you know, I can admit, even now, I mean, my brother's been gone since December. Monica's been gone since February. And he used to text me late at night. Used to drive me nuts because he'd always be, the questions were flying. And I was like, look, dude, I'm busy. I'm working. Monica and I would talk every day. We'd text every day. And I still find myself looking for those text messages. You know, it's all part of the grieving process. And it's, it's, it's hard yeah. to believe because since Monica lived in Oregon, it's, it's hard for me to wrap my head around that she's gone. My brother, again, um, we were close, but not close enough to where I was over there every day. So yeah. it's like he just left. We saw him at Christmas, and that was it. You know, he's still out there. You know what I mean? So it's still a process for me to wrap my head around it. But I'm not, I, you know, I, I know he's gone. I mean, that's just a given. But my that's... mother passed away in '09, and at first I dealt with it really, really good. Mm-hmm. But as time goes on, and as I age, yes. it was '09. I found the last five years or so, I kept wanting to call her mm-hmm. again. And we, she lives in Seattle, and I live here. So it wasn't like I could visit her often, but we did talk. Right. Yeah, you know, we had conversations. And I think we missed that. If I were to give advice to anybody with a senior in the family, tape record their voices. Mm-hmm. Like my my uh, gra- my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren now, they can go back and pull one of these up. Oh, there she is, that's grandma. You know, I mean, they're having my, they can hear my voice. So I've always encouraged people in the dying process, make sure you have tape recorder. And when I had a hospital training, uh, a couple t- t- couple times. Um, the one thing they stress is don't do all the talking. It's their turn. Mm-hmm. Tape record all the conversations. You go in, they see them. Well, what will we talk about today? Why don't you tell me stories of your life, Grandma, Grandpa, whoever it is, and let them talk so you have a recording of their voice. It's not so much important as taking the last photograph because you have a whole lifetime of their photographs. Mm-hmm. The voice is restless. How many people have you heard? Uh, I'll make reference to 9-11. People calling, leaving messages on their answer machine. And the family said, I never erase that message. Because they get to listen to the voice over and over. Mm-hmm. The last time they called. And that's really hard. I think when families like Char and her brother, if they had been married spouses and kids, and they lived close enough where they could see each other, that connection's a little different. But when you're single and have independent lives, these two people chose not to have a body lifetime, whether it be that kind of connection. Um, so that that sometimes weave a family together when there's a lot of siblings and a lot of grandchildren for the Charles folks. Mm-hmm. And that's really that's really hard. I you know I wrote four pages of notes and I know I left half of them out. I really I'm going to look at. Uh, I've been, okay, so they don't want to go back down to, uh, in dealing with grief, mm-hmm. um, create a house, uh, create a house, an area in the house where you could mourn. I tell people, if you mourn in every room, as I do a reading for somebody, I move my life force from me to you. You have more life force. People hang up for me. Oh, I feel so much better talking to you. And I go, well, you should. I got to eat some more protein. 
I got to I got to juice up a little bit because it takes energy. Well, guess what happens when you mourn? It falls off of you. It cry. It's almost like tears falling through your face. It falls off of you. And that's really hard if you do it in Evergrew. The word shrine, like in the Asian cultures, they put a shrine up for somebody. I don't know if I like that word. But if you put their picture up and the best things about that person, take a picture of something like a horse. They rode horses or they were ballerinas or they did sports or artists or artwork or they made their garments or clothing, take pictures, do something, fabric, whatever, what they uh, hammer nail if they're carpenters. So every time you see it, you chuckle. Oh, whatever, good at that. I get it. I get it. Or food. Or place it if it gets run. <laughs> do something that brings merriment in the house. Um, I always tell my people, carefully where these things falls off of you. Keep it in one area of the house. But we'll still cry and grieve. That accumulates on the ground. Refracted light beams through it and breaks it up. So Hobby Lobby or craft stores all around America, I don't know their all name, they have bags of itty-bitty little mirrors. Get a piece of twine, get some super glue, you know, a whole bunch of them, not on the same side, but you're going to rotate them on the side. Put it from a mirror in the room you spend the most time. Let that refracted light catch your eye. And you'll be pulled out of it. If it makes you smile, it's worth it. If it breaks up the accumulation of grief that's all around you, so be it. I want you to visualize a very senior person. They're in the front room watching TV. I know everybody has something in their life like that. They get up, they go to the kitchen, they come back and sit down. They get up, go to the bathroom, and come sit down. Then they go to the bedroom, and then come back. They have created a path, and the energy where they don't walk gets stale and stagnant. Turn that into grief. What would you do to change it? Change the furniture around. Don't have to buy new furniture. Paint a room. Make it a different color. You could go white from dark, or you can go red and blue from green. Get Throw a pillow that you get at the first store if you have to. Change the dynamic of the room. I'm not telling you to spend money. I'm telling you to rearrange it. Throw off, uh, get some of the family to give you some material. Throw it on some furniture. Change the patterns so your eyes aren't always down. Have reflected light in the house. Put music on. I have music in my house. And I love the CDs. I probably have 200 of them because every time I listen to a show, a young artist, I go, oh, I'll buy one. I'll make this person happy. I bought one. <laughs> I got a lot of new music. When Nora Jones came out, I think I bought three or four of hers. And it's not like I was crazy about it. I wanted to support these people, as I've done with artists who've written a book, uh, uh, writers. And uh, I guess I don't need it all, but I seem to want to support people. So I really want you to remember how to do that. Um, and then the last thing is, is always remember the person in the in the best light as you remember. Uh Remember them as younger. Remember them on your wedding day. Remember them in the height of their health. Uh, a lot of times we're given clues that something's going wrong. And don't look at them as this. Look at them as that. Because the spirit then has permission to come around you. And with that, this is hard. I meditate quick. Boom. Just like with question to come in. I, I shift really fast. And that's from years and years and years of talking every day to somebody. I meditate. I'm out of my body quick. I love it. I love 
bullshit and can't do that. So they say, well, how, how, what do you do to relax and get out of that space? Music's really good. Close your eyes and listen to every tune, every tone, every piece of the music of the orchestra. Listen to someone sing and embrace the song, not the words, but the melody, because that will take you off track. That'll take you out of the grief moment into something. And don't, don't listen to music that enhances your grief. Listen to something that is pleasurable for you to listen to. And there's so many songs that I've listened to. Oops, almost said something. That while I was grieving, felt good at the moment. But I listened to it later and it pulls you back to the grief. So those songs that remind you of grief, get rid of them. Give them to somebody. Give them to the thrift store so someone else can listen to them without your grief in it. Um, and Spirit tells me over and over, please don't let them think of me damaged and then that spirit showed up and someone in the audience had lost a young person in the family a woman in the 70s and her body was damaged and i i had i've had that happen a few times or how can i get a message before the person writes in the chat room if they had a question about that person that's because that spirit person is connecting to me i listened to the spirit spirit impressed on me someone in the chat room was needing me talking them. Um, so grieving is difficult. Your faith. Do you believe in this? Do you believe in reincarnation? Do you believe in survival? Do you have a heaven that you think about? Think of them there. What is your religion? How do you believe? How do they believe? It's all relative to what they will see and what they want to see. If you're Christ-based, you're going to see Christ. If you're Buddha-based, you're going to see Buddha. If you're something else, you're going to see something else. If you're atheist, Heck, you could be looking at Palm, Palm Springs or the gambling room. I had one gentleman, it wasn't religion he saw. It was his friends who had passed before him that he went hunting with, with their rifles in hand and the deer all around him. And his wife said, I know it was hard for you to get that because I wasn't sure what I was looking at. She said it was his hunting buddies. That was his heaven. I love that. I love that my dog will greet me and I'm going to put some running shoes on and run. You don't realize how much power that is for a woman to be able to do that. So my weekend runs were 16 to 18 miles. A marathon would have been easy. And so I will do that in the afterlife. I'll be at the marathons. Um, so read about the NDEs of children, reincarnation stories, hypnosis stories of past lives, and any other thing that you can find that helps you. Um, of course, there's so many books out there, I couldn't mention them all. And there's so many ex extraordinary people who had near-death experiences. And yes, there's a thread that I can talk about all, all night mm -hmm. of the sameness. What, the, what is the differences is possibly your reference point as to religion. That seems to be something. For us, for us if I'm a spiritualist, I embrace a lot of different religions within what I do. So guess what? My mom, my dog, my dad will greet me with a pair of running shoes. Hallelujah. How fun will that be? So, Char, was there any other questions? I, because, uh, no, that's we went a little more than an hour. I was trying to do it quick tonight. We're talking about things that take an hour for each topic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I just, could talk an hour on grieving. And there's but no, I'll give you the highlights. And, uh, there's, and there's no limit on how long you grieve. You know, the like for me, I was like, I was, kind of, I was like Nancy. You know, I've taken, I've had so much of this around me, plus with ghost hunting. That I was real stoic when my father died. I didn't yeah. cry when my mother died. How about shock? 
Maybe that's what yeah, it was. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't cry when my mother died. I didn't cry when my brother died. I was upset when Monica died, but I did not cry. You know? And it's weird because when Trina died, same thing. Same thing. All the way around the line. When the dog died, I lost it. That was the trigger. That's okay. That's your love interest. Remember, these are parents and family. And Trina passed away. She was a ghostbuster. Yeah. I mean, this woman had it figured out. Yeah. You know, she was very... I liked her a lot. Yeah. Uh, I think sometimes our... Sh I'm going to be careful how I word this. Grieving is the loss of future with that person. Mm -hmm. I'm mad they're gone. I heard that so often. You Unbelievable. I'm angry they don't get to live longer. Mm -hmm. The reality was just saying, they don't get to live longer for, with me. Yeah. One lady was so absolutely overwrought. I said, stop being so selfish. They get out of their body. They're playing. And mm -hmm. you're grieved. You're so mad at them that they're not here with you. Mm -hmm. They were suffering. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Let go. Let that be okay. And that's really hard. Because I would grieve. I'm not insensitive to death. I would mm -hmm. grieve terrible if you died. Pissed, maybe. But I have to back up and allow it. Because each of us, we do not get out of this alive. No. We are not mortals. No. We get to pe we get to go on and make room for the next generation. Yeah. I, I look at it that way. It's yeah. okay. I got to move aside. I have great-grandchildren now, and they're going to grow up. Mm -hmm. What if I stick around? I'm taking up space. <laughs> How about all these and the civilizations we had before us? What if everybody said it live? Mm -hmm. It kind of messy. <laughs> there ain't no place to put anybody. I after a while, you know, it's just it's just it's just it's just a fact of life. But I mean, like with me, I I, I love life too much, and that's my issue. I'm one of those I'm one of those right. people that. I don't want to let go of life because I enjoy life so much. You know, I, I enjoy touching things. Me like you too. said, enjoy touching I things, the hugging, the, the contact with people and all that, you know, and, and, and enjoy the colors and everything. And so, I, like, like when I was diagnosed with heart failure, I fought it. I was just like, you know what? No. No, 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 no. I don't want to go. I like it here. Leave me alone. I, I do believe our attitude will keep us here. Yeah. Because you and I have had the illnesses that you know, you and I've had, <laughs> we've had that moment when we really appreciate being alive even more because uh, uh, none of us get out of this without hits and misses a lot. Yeah. And yeah. that red brick of God that says, wake up. Are you doing your life? Are you happy? And I always tell my kids, are you happy? Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe I say it too often because maybe I'm trying to remind them, be happy mm -hmm. because that's what this is about. If you live your life and you're miserable, you get to do it again, exact same circumstances until you figure it out. And remember, guys, spirit kind, when you're ghost hunting, the main thing that spirit wants to do is touch your energy because they don't get that feeling anymore. And that's what they do. You know, so when we're out, like, ghost hunting, you know, spirit can suck you dry, too. So what we do is we'll, we'll, do. we'll, we'll put out a and fingertip. And show possession. Yeah. And yeah. talking about that. that yeah, we'll, come up. yeah, we'll put out our fingertip and say, hey, you can touch my fingertip, but that's all. That's as far as you're going to get but they don't feel that. They don't feel that warmth anymore. They don't feel that energy. However, they feel love, but they feel love in a different way. It's a yeah. totally different kind of love they have. But they don't feel that energy from human to human. So, I mean, that's something, you know, to, to think about, too. You know, that, I, I, don't know, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I'm just saying is that, 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 that that's one of the things. 
But I mean, that's why they tell me they're coming back. Yeah. Like when you when I have my husband, we I feel bulk, I feel heat, I feel the hug. Right. And they miss that. Yes. They miss the thickness of the body. Yeah. They can create it. That show I um I did a group and there's 15 people. One lady she's of some who was in their life around standing next to them. And one day I went, holy moly, you have a whole room full of people there. And I was describing the men, men on her right, which to me also gave us sort of a lift. And he showed me his suit of the era, and I couldn't quite see his face. I said, I was looking at him and thinking to myself, you got to show me more of his face, and he'd show me the lines in his face, and she just couldn't get it. And I went on to tell more people, and also she was waving her arms. <laughs> She said, you just described the ancestor I was looking at before we started on the screen. She was doing yeah. ancestry. You just described my relative that I was looking at on the screen. And she says, all these other people are all the other people that are connected to me. And it just occurred to her when she got back to, she had it going on the side, which fine with me. You know, it's like, I don't care what you're doing. I'm not talking to you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she turned around, looked at the screen. And she went, ah, Nancy's describing the spirit people that I'm researching who've shown up because I'm talking about them. Mm -hmm. And they, spirit people love that. Mm -hmm. They don't want to be forgotten, and that's why they show up. And sometimes I said to one lady, You're, we're talking about this person tonight because you thought it was your idea to talk to me. It was their idea for you to talk to me. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, who has free will then? But probably because there was a, a desire for that person I was going to talk to, to recover, to get through something, or longing. Mm -hmm. The worst thing you can do is long for somebody so much that you've taken their free will on the other side. Right. Right, right, right. Because you, you suck them to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mom, you're listening to me. I'm not doing that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I've even, I mean, I've even had um, uncles and, 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 and grandparents that I didn't even know show up here. They just come, you know, and, and I had somebody ask me a couple of weeks ago or maybe even a week ago about why would so-and-so be with, with him? And it's like, well, when you're on the other side, everybody's there. So you're going to meet all these people you didn't know before. And there's times when on this side, they're watching over you, too. This is all your ancestors. They love to be around you. I mean, that, that, that's what it is. It's their chance to get to meet you. I'm certainly uh, with that statement. So I have people saying to me, they're dead. I don't have to have my life. I'm angry with them. And then that person will show up at a reading. Mm -hmm. And spirit people want to apologize also because they don't want to interfere with your life. Sure. When they get over there, they're still the same jerk until they recover in spirit. And that does happen. And the person say, I know I was a bad father because I've had time to think about it, how I hurt your life. And spirit people tell me there's only one commandment for the whole universe. You know, like we have ten commandments, right? Every one of them is based on do unto others as you want them to do unto you. Mm -hmm. And if you force yourself on somebody, that's taking their limited free will away. When I read 10, 20, 35 years in advance, this I've already told you this young couple came to me and I saw one of them retire, live in the house she's going to inherit from her grandfather and described it up north fourth of the American River. Virginia, rather, North Virginia, and that's where they're going to retire, and that was 35 years based on their age, so I thought to myself, wow, we don't have a lot of free will if I can see that far in the future, mm -hmm. 
we have to have some. I can't believe it, but why live if we don't have free will? Because the actuality of it is the anxiety you're going through making that choice is what you're supposed to experience, even though the end result is something I can already see. Mm-hmm. Ooh, think about that, everybody. Mm-hmm. Heard your brain thinking about that word, how I worded that. I think the biggest reality for me was, and this is corny as hell, but the next morning after my mother died, and I remember I got up really early and the sun was rising. And I went outside and I was looking at the leaves and the, you know, the lights coming through the leaves. And I thought, you know what? She just died. But the sun's coming up again. You're getting really emotional here. No, the world keeps turning. And then, I, then it occurred to me that, you know, she's always going to be here and here. Always in my head. Always in, always in my, my good memories that I had with her. I think more of the good times. photographs. Yeah, yeah. I think more of the good times than I do with the bad times, which is good. But that's how, Absolutely. and I know it's hard for people that have just lost people, but that's how you have to rationalize it all is up here. You remember the good remember times. Remember I said earlier, you're supposed to think of the better of yep. them. Yep, yep, Not the illness or yep. how they get become a nasty skinny and yeah. don't work anymore. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's just something that hit me because, you know, the sun's going to rise no matter what. You know, every day, right? It's just like when I go to Hawaii or someplace like that where there's a lot of mysticism and you look at the, or even Mount Shasta, because we have a house up there with a nice view of Mount Shasta. And it it puts me in awe because I think of that mountain and how many millions of years it's been there. And imagine what the mountain has witnessed. If the mountain could. No one one knows. I have a house on Black Mountain. Right. And right. I get to see Mount Shasta, but when I go into town, go into Montague, I come down, 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 down. And she lived in a house with a family in an open area that had a full view of Mount Shasta. Yeah. And I tell you, it's the most beautiful terrain in the whole world. It's just like breathtaking. And sometimes you're humbled at yes. the beauty of it all. Yeah. And, and the thing that occurs to me is that millions of years that mountain's been there. Imagine yeah. if, it could, if that mountain could talk what it has witnessed. <laughs> Clearly, I have uh, some people who've been there when they saw UFOs. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ollie, if you see this, I'm talking about you, honey, and Dennis and a few other people. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It's amazing the stories that it's... I've heard about this area. Yeah, it's but amazing. That's what we're supposed to remember is those things. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm moving, that isn't the visual I get. I'm in suburban USA now. Mm-hmm. But what I have is the memories. Those memories are are wonderful, even if it's a sliver. You hold on to those things, you try and make better choices for your life so that you create a happy life. Yes. And that doesn't mean you leave your spouses and run away to ten buck two or to bed or somewhere. What it means is the quality of your life is based on your choices from day to day, hour to hour. And how you treat people is the ultimate gift. Don't take the free way free will away. If someone's abusing you, straighten them out, honey, or leave. Yeah. Because you're your world is important to you. For Char, it was so much turmoil at the time. It's almost like she said to me just now, you said, you're still alive because you're supposed to be. You're supposed to survive them to mm-hmm. talk about them. Yeah. Or experience life or the growth they gave you because of that. Yeah. You've grown into an amazing woman. Yeah. Just You're so much different than when I met you. I've come a long way. I've come a long way. Now on a lighter note, let's just descend on a light note. You lived up the hill just like I did up there. And if I don't know if any of you guys have seen the movie Brigadoon. Oh, of course I did, yeah. Do you get the same feeling that I used to when, when, when I would be up there for like a month 
and I would come down to Sacramento. Remember that scene when, when after um, Gene Kelly gets back and they're in the bar in New York? And the in people the are, yeah, they're sitting there having cocktails. And oh, so, because oh, oh, Brigadoon, yeah, because Brigadoon was so quiet and country-ish, you don't know that. He's sitting in this, he's sitting in this pub or this bar, and he's just going nuts because the people are running around. Nee, 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 nee. It's, it's all hectic and chaotic. When I used to drive down the hill and come back into Sacramento and see all the cars, that's what I thought of. Because yeah, I went I from, I went from the local traffic jam at rush hour, which was maybe three cars, to Sacramento. You know. And I don't know if you have that feeling when, when, when you drive down here, because that, that's the feeling I get after being up there. I kind of don't think of, I go through the mountain, I really think, but, but not not in the same, but in Bigger Dune, nature accommodate him going back to her. Right, right. And I don't know that we, we can go back, I guess, and create over, but never will be the same as the moment you see that no. mountain or the train. No, no, no. We never. have to collect that thought and keep it with you. Yeah. Yeah, but that's what I used to feel. I used to feel like I used to think of that movie Brigadoon when, when he would come back and, and you know it was all quiet. And he missed it and and it was it was so chaotic in New York. And every time I hit Sacramento and then I'd see all the traffic and I think, ugh, yucky, you know. So I, I, that actually happened because why uh, Rika has one name. Both yeah, I mean that's, that's the whole thing. Yeah, and so and when, I ended up having from Orville drive to downtown Sacramento to Sutter Health, the Sutter Memorial. I can't do that anymore. Yeah. I've been two hours down and two hours back, two days in a row. Yuck. Yeah. Just yuck. Right? Or, or there's a section, too, where you're up in the mountains. It's beautiful. And as you come down the hill. Yeah. Out of Reading. You, you come down that hill, but it's all flat. It looks like desert. And the first thing you think is, yuck. Death Valley. Yeah. You know, when you, come out, when you come out of that hill. So I, I still remember doing that, and I still remember the feelings I had coming out of the hills. I loved it up there. I mean, I, I had a blast. You know, life I just is, life is different. Yeah, up there, it's um, life is different every day, and every day you have to go to bed thinking, what did I do? To, did I make today count? Yeah, and I do that all the time. Did I make today count? I do too. Did you I don't, do what I want to. To me, there's not enough hours in the day. That's how I am. You know, like I'm not in bed till three, four in the morning sometimes because there's always something else to do. You know, there's yeah. always something I think of that I want to do that I didn't get done during the day. And then I think, oh God, if I get up tomorrow morning, I'm not going to be able to fit it in tomorrow. So I have to do it today. Mm. You know, but I mean, that's just how I am. You, but as you I just have your clocks turned around. Well, I, we all do that. I, <laughs> I'll own a personal compulsive behavior kind of a thing. I get writing and 12 hours can pass. Mm -hmm. I get up so into the storyline and just so I get it and you're like that you get into your electronics you get into your yeah I won't tell them everything you do but I know <laughs> what you're doing and and you're just busy and you get so excited it's I have a client that I just met and we've talked about three months and she's going to become an author she's in Texas and when I stepped into her time I went backwards, I came forward, and I could feel the passion of her being a writer. Mm -hmm. And she does romantic uh, era of the 16, 1700s. And I got into a night when she'd be writing the passion of a love story in Scotland. And I don't have to read the book. I just went, I told her, I said, that passion just pouring out. You're living moment to moment in yeah. your story. And she started cry almost crying. She said, you're right, I do. 
And I said, that's your passion. Create that. You have to do that. Because when she's on her deathbed, she'll look back and says, I did write, I wrote those books. Yeah. I, I gave someone else the pleasure of reading. Yep. And um, she will make me cry in a minute here. <laughs> and uh, Jen, if you want to give me a call, if you see this, it's you, honey. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we call it tonight. Yeah. Thought, thought we leave on a happier note. But yeah, so you guys, um, Monday now we're going to be talking about quantum jumps. And how you can improve your life via quantum jumps. And that's going to be with Cynthia Larson on Monday. Sunday, of course, I'll be here to read to you guys. Uh, you know, uh, Lizzie Borden. It took me a second. Who the hell am I reading about? Lizzie Borden. And uh, so with that. Yeah. And so I want to make. That, where are we up now to with Lizzie? They haven't arrested her. Trial? They haven't arrested her yet. Oh, I thought she was had been arrested. No. Okay. In the beginning of the book, she was arrested. But now. We, we had gone through the fact that she killed her, her mom and dad. Well, you know, we threw her head. And right, now, right. Now, now the police are in all the house investigating. So at some point, they're going to haul her in. Up. Yeah, at some point, they're going to haul her in. And uh, that's what... I, I do feel like she did kill them. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how to put my mind to it. You know, we have to connect it. Right. But uh, I don't think people gave her credit for being as smart as she really was. Right. Well, if you if you listen to the stories, which sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. I, you know what? I'm going to binge listen. Listen. Yeah. I go back and listen to two, three of your shows. That yeah. At one city. I I recommend everybody. It's kind of fun. I put it on this TV, and I put it really loud so I can work around doing what I'm doing. So there's ways around this. Well, when we left Lizzie last, she was sitting there sweating to death because they don't have air conditioning back then. But the thing was, is she the dress that she had worn to supposedly worn to do the murders. She still has on when she's being interviewed by the cops, but she took but she a took petticoat. Off, I think. I think did she, did I she take it off? Because huh? she still got two dresses on right now when they're interviewing her. Um, I'm trying to think of the actress. Well, yeah, but stories on TV where right, I think she just took her dress right, off. Right, right. Yeah. But the theory with this book is that she left it on. I don't know where, where this all came from, but she left it on. And in order to walk around the house, she put on a dress that was like two sizes too big. So she could hide the other dress underneath. So here it's like 105, you know, in the house. And she's got these oh, two dresses oh, on. I see what you're talking about. And okay. they, they keep thinking she's ill. But she's sweating like, you know, like a crazy woman because she's got these two, dre these two dresses on. And she's waiting for the police to leave so she can get rid of the dress, you know. But, uh, yeah, so I mean... The, the creepy part, and I think everybody agrees with this that listens, the creepy part is when the author goes into Lizzie's head. And so you're What's seeing that? you're seeing the murders and how she built up to them, and so you're seeing the murders through her oh, eyes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Woo! You know. So, anyway. So, Sunday, we, we're going to continue with that. And remember, once we get done with the trial, we're going to be talking about the haunted, because that's part of this book, too. We're going to be talking about the haunted bed and breakfast that's now open. Plus, the house she moved into was haunted. So we're going to be talking about that, too, in that book. So, yeah, it's entertaining. Did, do they ever talk about her house that she moved into later? Was it ever declared to be haunted by her there? Yes. Oh. So that's the thing. So, and so I feel like the parents are in the house that get murdered in. So then she moved to another house. So that one's being haunted now, too. Right. Her. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, so there's, so those, fun, those huh? places are haunted. So that's the, the, the books can lead into that. 
So, I mean, so we've got a ways to go on this book because, you know, the cops have been in there and, and all this, and so we're waiting for them to, to put a warrant out for her. So, okay. or whatever they did back then to arrest people, haul them off on a horse. I don't know. Very good. But, yeah, so that's, that's, where, really that's where we're building up right now. So, yeah, so that'll be Sunday, and I think it's going to be at 6. Yeah, I think it's going to be at 6 because I want to get some yard work done afterwards, always in the evening, you know. And then, like I said, Monday, Cynthia Larson's going to be with us to talk about quantum jumps. And then we're going to have a good week next week with guests. You know, we're, we're doing good. We're just piddling right along. And I want to thank the people on that that are downloading the show. Oh, my gosh. I want to thank all you guys, the, 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 the people that are downloading the podcast. Every month, our numbers are rising. We're getting more and more. Keep spreading the word. You know, every month we're getting more and more downloads. And I'm just really excited about that. Because Nancy knows this. I was on the phone with her going, you know what? We're getting more, we're getting more downloads. You know. <laughs> and I want to thank everybody for that. Everybody on Facebook that's listening on Facebook. My gosh, the audience has grown so much on Facebook. Thank you. And uh, YouTube too. You know, we're, we're, we're getting there. We're working towards it. we got a good show here. And we just got to keep pumping. Keep pumping away. And that's, that's what I'm trying to do is find unique guests. I'm trying not to double up guests. You know, like... Um, in a couple of weeks, I'm having a repeat guest on, but that guy, the the guest was on the beginning of the show two years ago. So I'm trying to I'm trying to keep fresh guests coming through. Oh, that's fun. I'm yeah, that they want to come back. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to keep fresh guests, you know, so we don't have the same people over and over and over, you know. So I'm trying to do that. So, um, yeah. Anyway, so uh, again, the website's down for a while. They're doing maintenance over at over at Weebly. So hopefully they get Always done. Always something. They'll, they'll, they'll and we'll figure this audio out. I hope everybody could hear me tonight, okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have a cool technique here. You guys would think I have all this expensive equipment, but I don't. Oh, one more thing. If, if anybody in the audience or those who listen to this later, if you want to want me to talk about something in particular, sure. you know, it is open. Just bring up a topic. Absolutely. And, uh, we will discuss we it. We will discuss it. Absolutely. That's what Friday's for. Open. We're casual Fridays. Yep. Though the topic's pretty heavy duty, you know, sometimes, <laughs> but I try to make it lighter so we enjoy it. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's it, guys. And uh, let me get this smaller here. I was trying to read your chat. There we go. And uh, I want to thank you all. Again, I want to thank you all for coming tonight. I've got Nancy's contact information and her three books. Okay. And Thank you. she did mail out the awards uh, yesterday or today. You, you mail those uh -oh. things out, right? I can't hear you. What? You mailed out the award winners, right? The, uh, the books? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I couldn't understand which. Um, I didn't mail them today. I had to take care of some. Okay. So okay. I don't think the uh, try mail them tomorrow. Okay, okay. Thank, yeah. We it's were so okay. busy, we couldn't get the addresses to me, so... It's uh, yeah. now I got them in my, I told you I'm dealing with some illness here, so uh, I'll get them out as soon as I can. It's amazing how busy I get, you know. But uh, anyway, so th those will be coming out to you guys. And like I said, I'm setting up that other, th that, that other deal. I got to call her tomorrow uh, about the gal that, that I guess that was on that draws the pictures of the dead. And we're going to be doing a fundraiser with that for you guys. It'll be like a raffle ticket to win your, to, to, to win a portrait of, of one of your deceased relatives. So, uh. I'm getting that going. So we got some stuff in the in the hopper going. And like I said earlier, I want to go see Elvis. If anybody wants to like contribute to send me to Elvis, I, that would be really cool. I would love that because I I I, I just I'm dying I've to heard see. great things about that. Yes, I'm dying to see Elvis. I'm dying to see Elvis. So if anybody wants to be kind, that would be really cool. Anyway, I'm gonna shut up now and you guys know the drill. Uh 
If you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies because we're equal opportunity here. Uh, that ticker down on the bottom says it all. We want to keep bringing more. You know, we want to keep bringing exciting guests here on the show. Talking too long. God, it's been <laughs> a long day. Long yeah, we want to keep bringing exciting guests on the show, and the only way I can do that is because this comes out. All this comes out of my pocket, including the paranormal team and all that. And I have bills to meet just like everybody else. So if you could help me out a little bit, that'd be great at uh, PayPal.me at California Hunts or at Venmo uh, California Hunts. It's that simple. Anyway, I want to thank you guys for coming. And here's Nancy's contact information. Here we go. Websites, Nancy Matz, lowercase.com. Nancy Matz, author.com. The N, M, and A are, are um, capitalized. And youtube.com forward slash Nancy Matt, psychic medium. Help, get me out of this funk. It's Nancy's book. Two worlds developing your psychic skills. And the unwilling sacrifice. And books at Amazon.com. <laughs>